Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Let me say Happy Easter, and I'd have to say this is the craziest Easter I can ever remember, and that's a lot of Easter's. And, and let me tell you that all over the world, get this, all over the world, three billion people that typically go to a large congregation, large gatherings to celebrate Easter where Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead. I mean, it's the biggest celebration in the world for Christians, and none of them are gathering together in groups larger than 10. Now, is that insane? I mean, it is to me. I mean, I'm preaching to an empty room, but I know you're out there. But the reality is this has never happened before except for one other time. And that was the very first Easter when the disciples were all alone. You remember that? You kind of go back and look at that. and, and, And they were in rooms and they were in groups together and they were afraid. Okay, can you relate to that? They were confused. They were wondering hey, is this going to work out? Because all the things I thought were going to happen are not happening. Now, I'm seeing that everywhere. I went to Walmart. You know, I just had to kind of go there. I just had to see it. had to get some groceries, too. But in looking around, I saw fear in people's eyes like I've never seen before. I mean, when I didn't, like people's eyes wouldn't even meet mine. I I coughed like like that one time. Wasn't a corona cough. It was just, you know, a, a South Mississippi cough. And an old lady took some Cheetos, a family size. It was like, I thought she was going to stab me with it. And I was going to grab them because I wanted them. But, but the reality was there's a lot of fear. And, and that may be you. And I've got good news for you. Because we have a word today that comes from Jesus where the disciples, like, hey, they thought this is over. It is done. The Messiah is not the Messiah. He's dead. We have no hope. And 50 days later, 50 days later, that's May the 31st for us, 50 days later, the church exploded. So today on Easter, I've got the very last word of Jesus, his last breath, that was the beginning of your first breath and your very first word. So John's gospel, and let's go ahead and look in chapter 19, verse 28. And I want you to hear this. We've been talking about the prayers of Jesus and, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, We've all kind of thought that, you know, the reality of the thief on the cross, the day you'll be with me in paradise. The fact that Jesus said when he was separated from his father, separated from the life that came from his father, and he said, I thirst and what that means, there's a soul thirst we have. But today is the last word. Now, it's one word in Greek. It's three words in English, and I want you to listen for it. So let me read. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty or I thirst. And a jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, to telestai is really the Greek word. But the three English words, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, you're like, well, what does that mean when he just says, I'm finished? Well, let me tell you, that, that is, I want to say to telestai over the coronavirus. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the day. And it's going to happen. 
Some of you are worried about that. Man, you can relax. There's going to come a time, I think, sooner than you think, where they're going to find a vaccine. They're going to find a new medicine, an old medicine. Something is going to happen. There's going to be a breakthrough, and they're going to say, it is finished. And when they do, we're going to party. When they say it is finished and when we can get together, they're going to be some dance. And I said, you said, Baptists don't dance. We're going to learn between now and then because it's going to be amazing. But I want to tell you something. Uh, Jesus said it is finished about some other things that can kill you spiritually. And I want you to follow me because when he said it is finished, he said it is finished to four things. And the first one is the religious system of his day. The religious system is to telestat. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that we know the first, very first sin that came into the world, the sin virus in Genesis chapter 3, if you know the Bible. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, a virus, a sin virus came into the world, and there was a sacrifice. You miss this sometimes when you're reading it because it says that, G, that God took some skins from an animal and he covered Adam and Eve. He was covering their guilt. He was covering their sin. Uh, when you go to Genesis 12, it's Abraham when God says, don't sacrifice your son because I'm going to sacrifice my son. I want you to sacrifice an animal because that is what it costs when you sin. There must be a sacrifice. And then going all the way back to Exodus, if you don't know where Easter came from, it came from Exodus. When God said to Moses, hey, have every family, all of my people, take a little lamb and they were in communities they were in their homes it wasn't a big thing it was a small thing they were in their in their homes he says take a little lamb and sacrifice the lamb and put some of the blood over the doorpost and when you do that get this he says when you do that the death angel will pass over pass over your house that's where easter comes from i mean it's the reality that there has to be a sacrifice for sin, and that is the religious system of the day. And you're like, well, hey, uh, what does all that mean? Well, it means Jesus is saying, I, I want you to know that the sacrificial system, man, it's going to be done away with because it cannot pay for all of your sins. It, it, it's kind of like credit card debt. And uh, that, that every year at the Day of Atonement, you know, I know this is a lot, but this is Easter. Uh, on the Day of Atonement, they would have a lamb, and they would take the lamb and sacrifice it. And uh, the, the, the priest would say, Kala, it is good. That's Hebrew for it is. It's good. It's good. And then when Jesus came and he gave his life, he said to Telestai, it is it's perfect. It, it, it's amazing. It, it, it is everything. It is, it is paid in full. But, but, but the credit card idea is that this, when you pay your credit card, just the interest, that's kind of what it's like to have the sacrificial system. You never pay the principal, you just pay the interest. Every year, Day of Atonement, you pay the interest. The next year, the Day of Atonement, you pay the interest. The next year, you, you pay, the, it's called penance. And a lot of people, that's what Easter is for them. That's what church is for them. It is penance where it's voluntary sacrifice for doing wrong, where you want to do something to make things right. And, and, and Jesus is saying on the cross, that's finished. It's no longer about religion. It's about relationship. You go, but I can't go to church. It is finished. But, but I can't go to Sunday school. It is finished. But, but I, can't, I, I can't check all the boxes. It is finished. The writer of Hebrews says it this way in chapter 10, verse 11. Priests offer sacrifices that can never take your sins away. Get that. But when this high priest, Jesus, offered himself, 
he made perfect forever those of us who are being made holy. Listen, Jesus Christ, when he said it is finished to the religious system, man, you don't know how great that is. You don't have to work your way to heaven. It's okay that you can't go to church. You are the church. If Christ lives in you, you're the holy of holies. He's got you. He's with you. He's never left you. Listen, that the buildings are empty, that doesn't matter. He's filling up your home. He's right there with you. He's walking with you. You say, well, how can he do that? Because he paid your sin debt. Your sin debt, he says, is finished. All the things you've ever done wrong. Think about that. Past, present, and future. He says, to tell us die. Sin is missing the mark. You say, well, is it really that big a deal? Yeah, it's that big a deal. I mean, can can I confess on Easter? I sin coming over here. Uh, to do, I mean, I looked down, I realized I was going way too fast, and I, but it was still a sin. I, I, I broke the standard. That's what it means to sin. Listen, you've not only broken God's standards, you've broken your own standards. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. That's what sin is, missing the mark. You say, is it that big a deal? Yeah, it's a huge deal. It's a big deal because in Romans 6.23, it says the wages... What you earn from sinning is death. Listen, do you get what happened when Jesus Christ came? Jesus took your debt. All of your sins, not not the world's sins, your sins. All the sins you would ever commit in the past. All the sins you're committing right now. All the sins you would ever commit in the future. And he says, it is finished. Listen, this is good news because for so many people, like you're concerned about your salvation because you can't go to church on Easter. Let let me tell you the truth of this. Sin is not just something that makes you bad and then church makes you good. Sin doesn't make you bad. Sin makes you dead. Because God's standard for heaven is perfection. Listen, one sin can keep you out of heaven. Just one. Now, we sin three or four times a day. That's a thousand times in one year. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus paid your sin debt. He took your rightful place on the cross. He exchanged his life, his righteous life, for your sinful life. And in Romans 5, 6, it says, At the perfect time when we were powerless, Christ died for us. He paid your sin debt, but he also paid for your shame. Your shame is finished. Now, now, I like that because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things in my past that when I think about them, I wince. And the enemy can bring them up and go, hey, you remember when you did that? Hey, you remember that? And you know what I keep saying to him? You know, I, I say, hey, oh, that's under the blood. That's in my past. That's the devil talk. Listen, the future and him filling you and helping you, that's God talk. So let me ask you a rhetorical question. What are you ashamed about? Shame is typically embarrassment or discomfort that you feel because of something you did or was done to you. What what do you feel shame over? I mean, when you think about it, man, it just kind of takes you to a bad place. It's like gum on your shoe. Like, Like no matter what you do, you can't get it off. Jesus says it is finished. It is hidden. It is taken away. Listen, your past does not define you. God only uses it to refine you for his purpose in your life. Let me tell you something. All this stuff is going on around us. It doesn't define us. The coronavirus does not define us. It's refining us to do what God has called us to do to fulfill his purpose on this earth. 
Romans 8, 1, there's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, to those who have received Christ as their Lord. Your shame is finished. He takes it away. It's forgotten. It does not define you. And then lastly, your old self is finished. And, and I was thinking, man, a lot of people are not going to like that. How hey, can I like myself? I can't, I can't, no, no. No, when you come to know Christ, you have a new identity. You're in a new family. And, and that's a good word right now because some of you, like your plans, your plans right now, all the plans you had for your work and, and all the plans you had for you know, your finances and all the plans you had for your investments and all the plans you had. You know what, you know what your plans are? Your plans are down here. But, but those are, I thought those are, I prayed for God to do. No, your plans are down here, but God's plans are up here. See, God has said to you, your old self, you, it's finished. It's finished. You're no longer defined by your plans. He's got a plan for you. And you say, but I lost my job. Hey, would you time out here? You're going to get another one. Some of you are so afraid because you had a plan and your plan's not working out. Listen, your plans are down here. God's plans are up here. But, but you don't understand. I've lost money in the stock market. Hey, listen, join the club. It's going to come back. I'm scared of the virus. Look, more than likely, you're not going to get the virus. If you do, listen to me, you're going to be okay. They're going to figure it out. You, you, you're going to get well. We're going to pray for you. We're going to stand in the gap for you. Listen, you don't need to be afraid of the virus. God has you. We're going to find a cure. It's going to happen. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. He says, the old me has been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. In the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, God's got a plan for your life. He, here's the thing I'm so excited about. And I know this sounds weird to be excited about a pandemic. And I didn't go. Look, I didn't take a class in seminary on pandemics. Okay. I, I never studied pandemics and what to do as a minister and all that. But you know what? What is happening as a result of the pandemic? It's the end of me. And the beginning of we. Oh, that's good. I don't care where you fit, if you're Generation Z, X, Y, if you're a boomer or a buster. All of a sudden, it's gone from Generation Me to Generation We. Something happened when I was at uh, Walmart that was good. I don't always talk about the good things, but... It was kind of tense, and nobody was looking at each other, and somebody kind of, kind of hit the cart of another person, and I'm going, oh, man, it's going to be bad. And, and it was an older lady. Again, I guess I was just there when the old people were there. I was like, why am I there? I'm a young guy. And so and when they ran, and she said, hey, it's okay, honey. We're all in this together. And, man, it's just like everybody kind of stopped because we're all in this together. And let me tell you a little secret. The coronavirus can't kill the church. The gospel, the gospel is rolling, baby. 
God is doing things that I have never seen him do before. And that typically happens when things are down, when the chips are down. I read about another pandemic. This has happened one other time that I can find. It was back in the two or 300s AD. It led to the church becoming the national religion of the state of Rome. You know, where the Romans were killing the Christians earlier on, and then all of a sudden they had this pandemic and people were dying, and the Christians stood up. And, and this, listen, when Christians stand up, the gospel starts rolling. Listen to what happens is other people would not think this is a time for festival, Dionysus, who's a historian, said, of the epidemic of his day. But far from being a time of distress, it's a time of unimaginable joy. To be clear, Dionysus was not celebrating the death and suffering that accompany epidemics. Rather, he was rejoicing in the opportunity such circumstances present for testing our faith. To go out of our way to love and to serve our neighbors, spreading the gospel, hope in both word and deed in times of fear. And the impact of their service was twofold. Christians' sacrifice for their fellow believers stunned the unbelieving world as they witnessed communal love like they had never seen before. And Christian sacrifice for non-Christians resulted in the early church experiencing exponential growth as non-Christian survivors who benefited from the care of the Christian neighbors converted to their faith in mass. Listen, this is the time that we've been waiting for. This is the most epic time to be alive in history. 2020 is going to be that season where we all look back and it's going to be, hey, I remember before the virus and I remember after the virus. Let me ask you, as you look back on 2020 and this springtime of the pandemic, what kind of story do you want to tell? When you look back at all the fear and all the panic what kind of story do you want to tell? I'm begging you to tell a story of, of faith over fear. Where you're like, hey, I'm not afraid. I, I trust God. Courage over comfort. Where you're not just drinking beer and eating Cheetos. You're going, hey, man, I want to help people. I want to get outside. I want to do what's necessary to kind of move the ball forward. Compassion over criticism. You're not going to be the critical person. You're not going to be the person cutting people off on 98. And when somebody slows down in front of you like they did me today, trying to make me mad, I was like, it's okay, man. I get it, man. I push pause on the jerk button in my life. You choose thankfulness over complaining. Now, that's a new one where you find something to be thankful for. And you say, it is finished. And listen, it is finished. We have won, but we still got to play the game. And no one goes hungry. <laughs> no one goes hungry on our watch. No one feels lonely on our watch. Nobody goes broke on our watch. Because we're the people of God and the virus does not define us. We are the church, the church of the living God. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves all his little children in the world. You may feel like you're in a valley right now. But God is saying to you, it is finished. You're still having to play the game. It is finished. I'm making you holy. It is finished. You're going to keep climbing. It is finished. We're going to come out of it. Listen, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. 
for you to invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and not just be religious, but to have a relationship with him. Would you pray with me? I want you to say these words. It is finished. You can say it out loud wherever you are. It is finished. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will trust in God. I will trust in God. I will have victory. I will have victory because it is finished. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.